Girl, I'm now chewing my Ricola. I know. It's been a long week for all of us. <laughs> you guys know it's that time of year again when my voice just gives the oh, F out. Oh, is that you're going to blame it on the fall now? <laughs> not that. Not exactly what we're listening to. Yeah, let's blame it on the weather. It's finally seasonably chilly, and you're going to blame it on that. Okay, I didn't know you were coming so fucking hard for me today. Jesus. <laughs> Hi, Jillian Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick. Hi. Sorry, I'm coming in hot for the fall. You know I what I know. mean? No, you're thrilled, but you're okay. You're just. You're we just couldn't record a note last week. I couldn't barely talk at all. But here we are. Here we I'm, are. We're doing the best we can. I'm going to try to get through. Okay. Well, well, we'll hold hands. At some point, I'm going to talk about Bob Ross's sexy voice. I know. That's going to be weird. Plump it, fluff it. <laughs> Make love to it, Bob Ross but says. He wh- but he also whispers, which <laughs> is not good for your voice, ironically. So I don't know how this is going to go. You guys, if you want more of the shenanigans, join Jillian and me on the Patreon. I really cannot strongly encourage y'all enough to do that. Did you y'all me? I yelled you. Okay. I yelled them in okay. fairness. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, also, we are going to Broadway. Yes. Okay, yes. so it's April 11th yes. on Broadway in New York City, but here's the thing. If you bought tickets you back guys, in the pull day. pull over and listen to her. She's talking. Oh my God. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so if you bought tickets the first time around before yeah. it got rescheduled, there was an email that went out from the theater. But you know what? Screw that email. You don't need it anymore. Forget it. There's a whole new thing. Now there's a form. So it's pinned in the Facebook group. We're going to put it on the Twitter. The point is, if you already purchased tickets, you have until the spookiest day of the year, October 31st, to reclaim them. If you do not reclaim them by October 31st, they go out into the public and someone else is going to be sitting in your seat. You will be refunded and they will be resold. So there's that form pinned to our Twitter, pinned to our Facebook. You can also use that form to say, thank you very much. I wish I could be there, but I no longer can. And I would like a refund. So for both things. So October 31st is the last, last opportunity you have to do that, you guys. We just don't want to play to an empty Broadway house. That's what's happening. And if you (laughs) missed out on tickets, October 31st, November 1st, start looking then. Those tickets might be available to you. Have we yelled at them a lot right before we started? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, there are a lot of times. (laughs) But we love you guys, but we love you. It's all enthusiasm. We just want to spend some time with you. God. Okay, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Bob Ross, happy accidents, betrayal, and greed. Our editor, Matt, has let us know there is no good trailer for this. And in oh. Matt's defense, I will say the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie is a coming up on. Yes, that's <laughs> very true. So we're not playing one this week. And I just want to say that, like, am I the only one who's not that into Bob Ross art? I get it. He's a cultural icon. He seems like a super nice guy. He was done dirty here by a bunch of people I yes. don't like very much. And his son is sweet and very sympathetic. But, like, I don't really like his paintings. That's okay. I think how he does it is yeah. like truly magical to watch. Yeah. Do I want 10 of them in my home? No. no but I appreciate it. <laughs> I think all those things can be true. It's one of those things where it's like ASMR. It's like a visual ASMR. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's well, like, he is ASMR because when he's telling about those little happy trees. You guys, Bob Ross, that voice that he uses, it's a put on voice and he's trying to stimulate the ladies yeah. and their sexy lady parts. We'll get there. We're and get it won't there. take us 45 minutes. No. <laughs> like, speaking of his like quiet lady sexy voice, I'm like, in this entire coming up on, he sounds like you and me in episode one of True Crime Obsessed where he's just trying not to disturb the people in the next room. Yes, yes. And so, but he's also like super famous. So if you don't know who Bob Ross is, what he did was amazing. And he was very, very kind and very supportive and he made art really accessible. Yeah. His TV show was called The Joy of Painting. We're going to find out later why it was called that. This is all about sex, you guys. I know. (laughs) But he would paint these beautiful oil paintings in 26 minutes and you would follow along with him and suddenly you'd say, holy shit, I just made this thing. Because you're banging 
your brush against the canvas and suddenly it's mountains and birds and rivers and lakes and trees. It's amazing. Yeah. I really want to take a class. I don't think it's not amazing. Am I a monster? Am I a monster? Yeah. A little bit, for sure. Because I feel like once you see that trick once, it's like, oh, that was that was an interesting trick. Can I see the latest oil painting you just said real quick? Oh, I can't? Oh, okay, great. I am a monster. It's like I'm ruining Christmas for everybody. Well, I ruined Thanksgiving that other time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no holidays for you guys. So we, we meet his son, Steve, who is just saying, like, I've been wanting to get this story out for all of these years. A long time. Steve has a lot to say. Steve. He's like, I've, this has been bottled up for years. Are we ready? But we also learned that, like, right at the top, it's going to be very difficult to get people to talk because the bad guys in this story are very litigious. They sue a lot. They sue a lot. And I can't believe, uh, I just can't believe it. But real, so we get people sue. It's weird. No, but that they are like they're oh, yeah. such. They're so obviously the bad guys I, here. Right, like what? What's the move here? How do we handle them? Totally. Is my question. I finally have like we're at eight minutes in. End of the coming up on. Yeah, because I get it, Matt. There is no easy trailer for this. Wow. What did Matt do all of a sudden? Nothing. No, okay, I'm great. just saying there's no easy trailer. Oh yeah. Just make a trailer for your documentaries, everybody. We please, just want to promote them. Please, or we won't, or right. we won't cover them on TCM. Um, we. we we do get some Regis and Kathy Lee. I gotta tell you, it opens with Bob Ross on Regis and Kathy Lee. Not as like a guest. He's painting. He's there like painting for the whole hour. It's 1991. Regis is asleep in his chair. Mm-hmm. Regis and Kathy Lee is such a part of my childhood. It feels like this was five minutes ago. It is so peak them because mm-hmm. he's like... I'm just looking over here at uh, Bob Ross. I-, I thought just for a minute Bob was going to do our portrait. Uh, Bob is looking at us and he's painting a mountain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He does. He's famous for his landscapes. He's looking at us and he's painting trees. <laughs> I thought he was going to do a portrait, but he's painting trees. And then you just hear Kathy, well, he's famous for his landscapes, mostly, Rage. And I'm like, this is, it's like scripted. It's know, It feels like you can't run, but like that was so their dynamic. And oh they are just uh, at a hundred, the two of them. I thought he's painting trees. Rage. Also, there's this moment where he's like, Bob, you do portraits? Not very well. I, I do mostly trees and bushes. Yeah, you do a great bush and a great tree. Kathy Lee goes, you do a great bush. Kathy? Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Lee. <laughs> Kathy Lee! I heard that too. Stopped in my Listen, tracks. Women are throwing their underpants at him constantly. He is a sex symbol for certain at like, women of a certain At one point, he can't walk down the street because they're trying to rip his shirt off. <laughs> I know. Okay? Bob Ross was a sex symbol, you guys. I, I guess. Oh, my God. So we sit down with son Steve, Steve Ross. He's exhausted. <laughs> They ask him how he is, and he goes, uh, tired. I feel like they were like, Steve. I know. We ju- we didn't even. We're not even officially rolling yet. Do you need some coffee? The last thing I think a filmmaker wants to hear uh-huh. from their main subject. How you doing, Steve? You ready for this? Oh, I'm tired. tired. Oh, great. We have some espresso in here for oh, the sun, please. <laughs> Steve's been through it. Steve can be as tired as he wants. I'd be exhausted, too. Well, the first thing that we learn is about Steve's mother. Cuts to this, like, blonde bombshell uh-huh. of a picture. Her name is Vicky. She's here. She was only his wife for, like, a handful of minutes, but long enough to have Steve, but she's here to talk about it. We cut from this, like, gorgeous, like, bouffant blonde hairdo picture in, like, the 70s to her now, this, like, bouffant gray hairstyle. Uh-huh. She's still keeping it going. I appreciate that. So, like, but she tells us that Bob was in the Air Force. He yes. was sent to Alaska. And that's when he fell in love with nature and the forest yeah. and the animals and the trees. And Vicky goes, Bob loves the forest, the animals, the trees. I mean, he loved it. 
I mean, he loved it. He really <laughs> loved it. Like, he made a career out of it. Vicky? Yeah. But then we go back, then we jump back. We're back with Reach yeah. and Kathy Lee. Can you give me some more Reach? I thought he was going to do my portrait. He's over the big trees. <laughs> well, that's what he's known for, Reach. <laughs> And they're asking Oh, get ready for the next Beta Live shows, you guys. It's going right up to the impressions. Oh, my God. Reach. I love Reach. Unless, what did he do? What did Reach do? He Is died it, recently. I know, but what did he do anything horrible? He's probably, like a national treasure. He's like a man of he? that age who probably did. God damn it, Reach. I know. Don't come back from the dead and be horrible. Um, so they're asking about his famous hair, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a big perm, but his son calls it an afro know, and we're not allowed to do but that the thing is he's admitting on regis and kathy lee that this is fake hair a lot of people spend an awful lot of money bob to get hair like that and you were god gave that to you right well god and my hairdresser did <laughs> the iconic bob ross hairdo isn't natural i always thought it was how i don't know it's so obviously a perv he used to, his son <laughs> said he used to call it having his springs tightened when he'd get his hair set or whatever i know i was shocked to find out that it wasn't natural for some reason it makes total sense to me <laughs> Tracks 100%. Also, Steve calls his dad by his first name the whole time. Are we yeah. going to address that? Um, is that a thing? It, it, the thing is, God, people can't win. I, I'm so part of the problem. <laughs> but it's like, I understand. That's helpful for us. Because yeah. isn't it like, I feel like you would be annoyed if there was like a grown person saying dad. Like my no, dad. Well, I, Daisy calls me daddy Patrick and then daddy she's Steve. She's seven. She's seven. But right. the other day, she just, she's like, she was with me and she just looks up and goes, Steve. <laughs> Because she needed help. She needed something fixed or something. But she didn't say like, Daddy Steve. Steve? Steve? Yeah. She's a listener. I Steve appreciate that. Steve Thanks, Daisy, for listening. But then we meet John Tham, and he's an artist and friend. He met Bob Ross 42 do years ago. Do not. Call him the Bob, Bob Ross's teacher. teacher. He, Don't do it, Jillian. And I think it's really sweet. I know, I know. Bob took this guy John's painting class. Yes. Instantly, I knew he was an accomplished painter. So one thing that I definitely don't want to do is put forth the idea that I was Bob's teacher. I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> I'm not guy, saying I was a teacher. The guy's been through enough. He was amazing when he walked into my class, but he really, and John is so sweet. So in yeah. my notes, it's like, John, don't not his teacher. Don't even say it. Don't not even mention teacher, it. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Ross was so good in class. People were stopping what they were doing to go see what Bob was doing. Yeah, and yeah. I do love that there are all of these like men being very clear in their emotions yes. and loving people and just feeling nice about things. They're it's all nice. the meta world piece of painting. Every last one of them. They just love it support each other so much yeah. and I think it's to, like for men to be like emotional with each other and about art like I, I just love I know, it like I let's know. normalize there was at one point that feelings. I was like oh no is Bob Ross like a gay on the DL because I was like he's kind of soft he's a little gentle he's got all these male friends and then I was like oh no don't do that no. well yeah. but not only that he was a ladies man and he... we'll we'll get there in a minute but the first assignment in this guy John's class was to paint the thing that you love the most in the world Bob paints a mountain. A landscape. <laughs> Not Vicky. Didn't pay Vicky. <laughs> Vicky's like, what did I say? He loved it. I, I told you. And so, you know, he loved an audience, yeah. always did. That's what we so when I the, said I see a lot of myself in Bob. I know. Again, what's yep. the la last oil painting you've made? <laughs> I'd love to see it. Bob, please. Bob. So Bob and Vicky had a very shaky relationship yes. and they ended up getting divorced. And in 1977, Bob meets Jane Zanardelli. That was when I had to turn on the closed captions because I was like, say what? It's Zanardelli. I know. You say my name to me. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, it took a minute when I first met you. Really? Pensavali's not an easy name. Okay. It's a, it's a okay. great name. What are we, back in third grade? I know. I know. <laughs> 
But they meet in 1977. She had been the base commander's secretary on a, on a base that they lived at. Steve explains. She was just head over heels for my father. And he absolutely loved her to death. But my father was always thinking about the next painting. Dad was always kind of thinking about the next painting. Right. To which I said, aren't they all kind of the same? Like, yeah. aren't they all the exact same painting? Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of planning that has to go into that, Bob. Enjoy your time with Jane. It's going to yeah. be fine. Uh, it's going to be It's going to be, okay. be fine, Bob. We're, now we're watching another TV show. It's called The Magic of Oil Painting 3. Oh, my and God. And our host, William Alexander, is very enthusiastic. <laughs> we, he goes, hooray! That's what we have to do. Hooray! That's what we have to do. And I'm like, I don't like this guy. Don't be trash. I, know. I like the enthusiasm. I like he's really... And the thing yeah. is, it looks exactly like Bob's show, The Joy of Painting. It's the canvas yes. in the black room, the big palette. Sometimes you'd be outside. doesn't matter. Yeah. And Bob sees this show, and he's like, wait, what? Because I'm like, I can't understand a word this guy is saying, but he's basically doing Bob's technique. And it's it's like so clearly the inspiration for The Joy of Painting. Because exactly. it, it, like, when The Joy of Painting ends up coming out years later, it looks exactly the same. We get 15 minutes now of this wet on wet technique, which is what Bob does. A la prima. And I just, like, I, four minutes in, I was like, how long are we going to let these people talk? Well, Julia, this art historian, is yeah. here to tell us. So this guy, William Alexander, does, you know, the same thing in 30 minutes, but he's doing it first before yes. Bob, yeah. right? And there's yeah. no hate there because everyone loves each right. other. They used to use this technique to make, like, texture in hair and, like, in clothing, but they talk about it for 15 minutes. And I was like, can we get back to Bob and his sexy man voice? I don't know why Julia really needs to take all the credit away from William <laughs> Alexander, who I don't think is trying to claim he did no, anything no. special, but Julia needs it and she can have it. I'm going to give it to her. It's okay. I don't think it, I don't think being an art historian yeah. is an easy gig. No. I feel like people are just arguing with you. Totally. Like she has like dumb men being like, well, actually, Julia, you can have as many well actuallys as you need today. Sometimes we just need to give oh a my. well actually right back. I actually just stopped typing at one point. I was like, oh my God, they're still talking about, I believe you. I know. I it's believe it. Since 15th century. Wet on wet. I got it. Great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's get to those like middle-aged ladies tearing Bob Ross's shirt off. I mean, Soon enough. So Bob's friend John, not his teacher, don't say it, don't even say it. John knew a woman who knew this William guy. Because yes. Bob's like, I got to get in front of this guy. I got to meet this William totally. guy. He's inspiring the shit out of me yeah, right now. Totally. <laughs> so they meet Bob and this William guy, enthusiastic William, low-key Bob. I saw Alexander on television, and like millions of other people, I fell in love with him. And it took me about a year to find him. I studied with Bill. And when I retired from the military, they offered me a position with the Magic Art Company as a traveling art instructor. This was the thing back then, was that like a lot of these random people had art shows, but they really made their money, like having their protégés go on the road and teach their classes and sell their paint and palettes. Right. What a racket. Well, I think Dana Jester, Bob's friend, yeah. would beg to differ. <laughs> I love Dana Jester. I love him. So they met, he met Bob in 1982. Where, girl? At the mall. At which mall? I met Bob Ross at the Muncie Mall in 1982. The Muncie Mall. <laughs> Muncie, Indiana, like Jerry Gergich. Totally, that's his favorite vacation spot, oh Muncie, God. Indiana. Married to Christy Brinkley. I mean, I, <laughs> I have a great story about Christy Brinkley that I'll save for another time. Oh my God, that's the second great story promise we've gotten so far in this episode. She waked up my dad in the car. It was basically like vacation. Oh my God, really? Yeah. I mean, she probably She's does that to everyone. all the time. <laughs> it's like her thing. Yeah. My dad's a very good looking guy. I, yeah. I used to, kids used to make it uncomfortable for me when I was younger growing oh, really? up. Yeah, they used to like have oh. crushes on my dad and it was weird and they used to. I don't know. I don't think Daisy's going to have to suffer that. Oh, stop it. Fate. But she must have said, like, all right, I'll do the wink. Like, yeah, no one, yeah, anyone, yeah, my yeah. dad was like hitting on her, but it was truly, I remember we were on Park Avenue. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was like, all right, Christy. I see you, girl. But it was so funny. Like, they meet and become friends in the way that men do, where they're like, we met and we mm -hmm. both like this one thing. So that meant we had everything in common and now we're best friends. Yeah. 
Except they are comfortable enough with themselves and their emotions to like take pictures that are really sweet. I know. Like they have a lot of pictures, the two of them like leaning up against brick walls. This is where I thought maybe they were secret boyfriends. That oh. crossed my mind for a minute. But no, okay. Bob is a sex symbol. Elvis Schmilvis. Yeah. Well, Bob didn't have sex with a 15-year-old kid and Elvis did. So okay. moving on. Uh, when dated, I'm going to ruin everything. I'm ruining Elvis. Ruin Thanksgiving. What, you just ruined Christmas? Let's go. It's all bad. Where's Reej? Someone, like, where's the alert? We learned that Reej was an asshole 15 years ago. Great. So when Dana meets Bob, Bob Ross is with a woman named Annette Kowalski. Yes. And now we meet Annette and Walt Kowalski. The thing is, so Annette, we learn, suffered the loss of a son. Like, we don't know how he died. It was very weird. But her son died. She is a mess. She can't, like, function. She can't do anything. And Bob sort of, like, through his painting, and we hear this from, like, a lot of people, painting sort of gave her a reason to live. So she, like, latches onto Bob in that way. Yeah. And Bob also does this thing we hear it a lot in the documentary where he was also just giving life lessons while he was painting yes, that's yes, where happy accidents yeah. comes from there are no mistakes and you can do anything yeah. and they're like some kind of beautiful messages so she really latched onto that and she says that like you know as she's like reviving herself out of her depression after her son died and she's working with bob and bob is very special obviously and she says to him like i called bob and i said i don't know what you've got but i think we ought to bottle it and sell it Basically, she and her husband, Walt, are recognizing that, like, this guy has a marketable skill. He is the talent. We're the business. Like, let's come together and we can, like, make some money. And so John, not the teacher, don't even say it, says, Bob wasn't in it for the money, beat. But the Kowalskis certainly were. So and I'm here, like, oh, okay. Here's the thing. They are, they are the bad guys here. I think so far they've done nothing wrong. I think it's fine to, like, look at a talented person and say, like, let me market you. Let me help you, like, earn a living, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like, so far they just see a business opportunity and, like, everyone's going to make money. Everyone's happy. Not what happens, guys. No, not at all. And to, as they say, save money and, quote, keep everything in one place. There's a lot that is left out of this part of the story. A lot. Bob And Ross, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Bob <laughs> it's Ross. sex, you guys. Sex his- is what's left out of this part. Family move in with the Kowalskis for like two years. Yeah. And like the son Steve, he goes, that was a very interesting time. Like ellipsis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the Kowalskis. Tell us about the sex, you guys. I feel like that would make this more interesting. They kind of hint with this a little bit because yeah. unless I'm just looking way too far into this, but the Kowalskis did all of the admin work. Yes. And so then no, they no, no, no. say. The, the admin was being done by well, husband Kowalski and wife Ross. It's two married couples, but one husband working with the other wife and that, you know, vice versa. So, like, Annette and Bob are doing, the like, the art, and Jane and Walt are doing the business. Right. And I th- think there's a lot of swinging going on. I have, like, swinging? <laughs> I know. <laughs> because it, uh, well... Look, we're not here to judge. We don't care. No, I don't care about that. But, like, is Jane, like, does everyone consent to this? Right, is yeah, it, like, an yeah. emotional thing where you feel like, well, they're doing it, so I have to? Like, no. <laughs> Sometimes when we're making it up, can we just describe good emotions to Right? Things? Like, <laughs> so the other thing about these Kowalskis is that they had Bananas. a lot of secret meetings and conversations because Walt used to be in the CIA. He, like, just retired from the CIA. Mm-hmm. What? And so Steve, the son, Bob Ross's son, is like, like a lot of people who retire from the government. He would use previous government connections and ties in order to have success in business. 
he used his government <laughs> connections to be successful in business. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But also but to be then, super secretive. Like, he's using his CIA tactics to record every phone call that comes in and out of the house. It's like the Nixon White House over well, here. Well, what happened? Okay, so wait. Secret conversations is yeah. one thing. Recording them with a suction cup on the back <laughs> of the phone? And Steve's like, look, to be fair, I always thought that part was pretty weird. And I'm like, thanks. I'm so glad. And so then we learn, like, in the middle of this, like, they have all these secret meetings. Maybe yeah. they're swinging, which is not a crime. Right. Um, if everyone consents and is happy. We learn that more than a dozen people who knew and worked with Bob declined to participate in this because they were scared of being sued by the Kowalskis. Somehow the Kowalskis are still alive, like, to this day. And people surrounding this whole story won't talk because they're super litigious. Right. So let's go back to 1982. Let's do it. Bob is filming a commercial for the classes with William Alexander because they're yeah. just like, the world is wide enough. You're great at this. I'm great. Let's yeah, make yeah, the same yeah. show. Let's yeah. teach. Let's do whatever. Yeah. So a station manager walks by as he's filming this commercial and he's like, um, hello, please. Excuse me. Yeah. What you're doing is remarkable. Let, let's get you on a show because it's also super cheap to make that totally. show. Totally. You yeah. know? Totally. And so in 1983, the joy of painting that show that we've all seen, the show is born. Yeah. 1983, he filmed three shows a day, which means that he would paint a full landscape in 28 minutes. And, and it's I a love, lot of work. Yeah. And there's no trickery about it. Like there's not a live studio audience. Like they could have done it however they wanted to do it, but they actually film it in real time. And he actually makes a, pi- a picture in 28 minutes. And there are no ads. Yeah. So they would have the ads like at the beginning and the end. So yeah. it'd be 28 minutes straight so that you can also paint your painting. It's so, and they talk about like in the beginning, like the painting would fall. It's like Julia Child in the kitchen where it's like the turkey falls on the oh, ground. Right, right. Just, like, you have to do it a couple times. <laughs> no one's going to know but you. Julia and Julia. Remember? <laughs> and suddenly I want a full bottle of Chardonnay. And suddenly I'm hungry. And then, you know, by the second season, his son says, By the second series, he got rid of the glasses and he was pretty darn confident that it was going to go maybe even better than he thought. Getting pretty darn confident. He lost the glasses. Yeah. They, they got the hang of it now. But we meet Sally. She was the director Sally. of The Joy of Painting, and I am obsessed with her. She loved working on the show. Later on, she describes like mild sexual harassment in the workplace, but it's okay. It was just a joke. Oh. And she explains that like Bob's favorite thing to do was in the last two minutes of the show was just to add a tree. But every time I gave him a two minute cue, oh, it's time for a big old tree. And I'll tell you from the very last taping, I always got nervous because I wasn't sure if he get her done. How about putting this tree in? does two things. It drives my director crazy. That's first. But the second thing is it pushes everything back and gives much more perspective. It's like this beautiful landscape and he adds this big black line down the middle of it and now he's going to turn it into a tree and she was scared every single time. She'd be like, two minutes, Bob, we got to go. And he'd be like, time for a tree. Um, but Sally was the director and she loved it. Why? Because she likes telling people what to do and she owns it and I love that about her. But this is where we're learning that Bob is just like, anyone can do this. This is not a talent or a gift you're born with anyone can learn how to do this there's no mistakes if you make a mistake on the painting you just turn it into a sunset yeah and they tell the story which is like now I'm gonna start crying he tells the story of the guy who was colorblind I I thought that was really sweet you know just recently I was doing a demonstration in a mall and I had a man come to me and he said Bob I can never paint because I'm colorblind all I can see is gray tones so I thought today we'd do a picture in gray just to show you that anyone can paint goes on his own show and he's like this is for you guy yeah. I'm gonna make some beautiful like snowscape yeah. only in gray tones to prove that anyone can do that I and I'm know. like that's that's all I you know. need to know about Bob Ross I remember How my nice. shirt off and throwing my underpants at you too Bob there Ross there you go well 
I just think it's a very telling story. Yeah, I think it's, it's very, very sweet. sweet. And then it's like we learn all we 15 minutes about how Bob loved nature. He had a canoe, which I learned what a canoe was today. He also at you one just point, learned what a canoe was? No, but I have no need for a canoe. A canoes you know are very I mean? difficult. But the worst is a kayak because you're in the hole. I know, I'd rather have I know. open space. Have you seen the people who can flip their kayaks? That is that makes I, I can't breathe. That makes me feel like I'm underwater. I know. Can you imagine I, how terrifying that no. is to be caught upside down in a but kayak and you can't get, get out? out of it? Like, I don't know about that. I don't think you can. My biggest fear is that, like, they lock you in, and then you get flipped over, and that's it. That's the end of me. Done. Upside down in a kayak. Bye. No, don't turn up. That's my, like, don't tell me they don't lock you in. You know the scariest part of this whole thing to me? He's got a squirrel in his pocket. This is Peapod. Peapod the pocket squirrel. It's Peapod the pocket squirrel, though. Squirrels will tear you limb from limb. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Squirrels can ravage an entire corpse in 36 seconds. Did you know that? That's bullshit. They can ravage an entire corpse in 36 seconds. Where's the joke? What is it? Alligator or crocodile? Where is it? I'm not falling for it again. You know who told me that, though? Joe Mama. That's who. That's right. Fool me twice. <laughs> Never again. Do you think I was going to walk right into it again? No way. She oh. learned. She learned. <laughs> Joe Mama told Joe you that. Mama. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Oh, my God. Okay. So the show is on. It blo- it's blowing up, right? Yeah, so yeah. now, like, remember, because Bob and Dana were teaching these classes. Yes. So now the classes are blowing up. Yeah. And Dana was on the show. Steve, his son, was on the show. It was like a whole family affair. And this is where we see the ladies just fucking love Bob. Like, the ladies just love him. Bob was doing a painting demonstration. After he finished his painting, he goes... Steve, Dana, come here. You guys need to protect me. All these ladies are wanting my autograph and they're following me. I'm trying to go to the restroom. They were ripping his shirt off his chest. It's crazy. I'm trying to get a piece of chest hair even or anything. He would go out to use the bathroom. You guys, we see these women mauling him. Mauling him. They're mauling him. They are literally trying to open his shirt. And a lot of them are very much older than he is. I know. And the thing is... I kept trying to see him as sexy and I just couldn't do it. I can't get there. I just can't get there. Can't get there either. <laughs> but there was, the, there was like this emotional connection, yeah. right? Because even Dana's saying like people could not believe they made this painting and yes. Dana's like, you did. Like but, you really did make it. And the other thing is, like I don't know if we get into it here or somewhere else, but he really plays into this. Yeah. He says he talks really low and sexy because like women like that. Okay. And then you see him, do, you guys, this is so dirty. You, are we there? No, we're not there. Okay. I have a, I have it all written out, okay, though, okay. so I don't want to waste okay. it now. <laughs> so we learn that there are some other shows like The Joy of Painting, yes. and we meet Gary and Catherine Jenkins. I have to raise an objection. I really like her. I don't like how she spells her name. Well, she spells her name like a woodland like a, fairy. Like, or like, a, like, a, like a bird. Like a W-R-E-N. Gorgeous, like a gorgeous elf. Yes, it's K-A-T-H-W-R-E-N. Catherine's been through it. I love her. I'm here for her. I just like, it makes it hard to type, and I couldn't remember her name. Because no one's reading the notes you can just write it as you see fit i just learned that catherine is catherine oh my God, so whatever true. you need to say it yeah you know i can write it however i want yeah isn't that freeing <laughs> take that with my compliments thank that's you yours you can so use it whenever you want thank you. we have 800 more episodes of this thing at least we promised them a thousand so gary and catherine they run the jenkins art workshop and they so Right, so Bob did landscapes. They did flowers. And Bob would say, like, uh, he's like, look, we do landscapes here. This is a landscape show. If you're interested in flowers, stay tuned because the Jenkins are coming up, which I think is awesome. I see you, Bob, and I raise you. If you guys like Dateline, go listen to a date with Dateline. Yes, go do it. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. If you guys like, wait, let's do two more. If you like shows kind of like ours where like three ladies like get a little drunk and tell you a, a crime story, go listen to Wine and Crime. There you go. And if you want to know more about other true crime podcasters, Bob Ruff, True Crime Binge. Oh my God. Also Dialogue, hosted by Rebecca Sebastian. Yes. We're obsessed with her. Yes. Crime Writers on with our friends, Rebecca Lavoie and Look, the team. Can go uh, on. Undisclosed with Robbie. You want to get people out of prison? Okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> and Truth and Justice, Bob Ruff. It all yes. comes back. Here we go. <laughs> don't forget like the True Crime Garage guys. We love them. Go listen to their show. What about Lancey and Timmy? We don't have Lancey time for this. We're in love with too the many people. Podcast. There's also the Generation Y podcast who we stand on their shoulders. My favorite murder. Okay. We oh, don't have time oh, for this. Wait, one more. We don't have time for this. One more that I loved the other day. Cool. It was, it's called Scam Goddess. Oh, Scam Goddess is fucking Scam Goddess is the fucking best yeah. podcast in the world. Scam you guys Goddess. have a list. Go listen to all of them. That's great. Okay, moving on. <laughs> So we're getting into the voice. Yes. So you, we hear his voice and his quotes throughout, right? But one thing that was really deliberate was that he was very soft-spoken and real sexual. Yeah. So we see him with the happy little trees and yeah. whatever, and he's like, Grab it, lift it, fluff it, tease it, pull it. Here. Make love to it here. Very gentle. Very gentle. Very <laughs> gentle. Bob, I don't like it, Bob. It's so you sexual. You were on Channel 13. You were on PBS. That was Sesame Street. That's for kids. It's supposed to be wholesome. We learned that he named his show The Joy of Painting because the book The Joy of Sex had just come out and was super popular. Yeah. It's all fucking sexual, you guys. And the thing is, like... Bob, Bob, what's his last name? Ross. <laughs> I got Bob Ruff. I got very confused. <laughs> well, Bob Ross, Bob Ruff also enjoys being shirtless. Bob Ross had a boner the whole time. He loved every second. It. Yeah. And he, he leaned into it. And the thing, you know who hated it? Who? Annette, not even his wife, Annette. So <laughs> Annette Kowalski. I, yeah, she's one of like the, her and Walt are the business ones that are going to like, we're, we're going to make it big, baby. We're going to make it big. Right. And they're awful. Yeah. So she was like super jealous and yes. she wanted all of his attention. But it wasn't just like other women who are trying to throw their underwear at him. Yeah. It was anyone. So like Steve, his son, she yeah. was jealous of. Like she's manipulative and we hate her. Remember, the Kowalskis are still alive and they sue everybody. <laughs> like the filmmakers are gingerly asking people like did Annette and Bob have a thing and friend Dana's like tell me a little bit about your impression of what the relationship between Bob and Annette was I don't know do I go there was Bob and Annette a thing everybody always asks that question and the answer is Steve might know and then they cut to Steve and he's like there was an affair between my father and Annette yes he's like, he's like oh, they yeah. were totally doing it and then oh, wait God, a second wait 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 <laughs> Catherine and Gary with the flowers. Yeah. So they have a, t you think it's going to be like a typical little like bickering back and forth with the yeah. husband and wife, right? Yeah. So he's like. This was but in the 70s. No, 80s. 80s. I mean, we weren't with Weber till. It was, everybody was sleeping with everybody yeah, else. But, okay. okay, let's get back that, to You know, you can cut that out, but that's the way it was. And Catherine grabs his leg and she's like, okay, you know what? Can we move on? And he was like, look, you could cut this all out, but we were all fucking, and everyone knew about it. And we would see Bob leave her hotel yes. room and she would leave his. And the wife, Catherine, is furious. Gary slept on the couch for at least two nights. Because the thing is, we'll learn later, Catherine is here with an axe to grind. She wants the story to be told. She does not want this to get all sexy pants and have the story derailed. But the derailed. truth is the truth, Catherine. Okay? She's so mad. I I, I'm going to say he's on the couch at least two nights. At least. At least. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm the on the couch. The way she's right? like grabbing his leg. She's I like, know. enough. And then she doesn't even look at him. Enough, Gary. That's not the point. 
You can cut it all oh out, but God. that's the way it was. And because he on says. the way over there, she's like, "We can, t- we will tell the story. This is the last time we're telling. And don't fucking bring don't, up the swinger don't shit. Don't talk about don't it. Don't bring Gary. it up again, Gary. He's not listening. I know. Because <laughs> they don't listen. I know. Tell him a hundred times. Never listen. It all comes to a head on Christmas night. Yeah. Right. And so Jane, Bob Ross's wife, is like, "Are you having relations with that woman? With Annette? With Annette? And like, the truth comes out. Way yeah. to ruin Christmas." I'm- <laughs> but Bob and Jane end up working everything out, but like there nothing was ever the same after this. Like Annette makes it all about her. She's devastated. What about your fucking husband? I know. And then we get this insane story where like remember oh. the Rosses and the Kowalskis are all living in the same fucking house. Like a teenage Steve, the son, is walking to the bathroom one night. Annette was in the bathroom. I walked by and the door was open and she was in the dark on the commode. She had one cigarette in her mouth and I think two lit sitting in the ashtray just smoking away. She said, Steve, you're the only one that loves me. This is so fucking manipulative. I know. Because she says to Steve, Bob Ross's child, yeah. you're the only one who loves me. <laughs> and he's like. So who smokes inside? She's got one in her mouth, two in the fucking ashtray. She's smoking inside in the bathroom, probably pooping. I think it is so manipulative and shitty of her. Well, oh. <laughs> I saw it from about three seconds away. Yep, there it is. It's out there now. It's on the record. Put it on whack. Um, oh, God. And so the one... Poop with the door closed. I know. Close the door. Have some, have some shame and decency. The thing that I am more offended with, don't try to use the kid. I don't know. Don't manipulate the kid. I know, I know. Asshole. But the one good thing about this is that Annette stopped coming to set and everyone's like, thank God, we can I breathe. Know. She was such like a wedge. Like everyone yeah. hated her. I and know. she was all like, who's talking to Bob? What are you doing? And he's like, I'm just trying to paint a fucking happy plant or whatever. My happy little river with my squirrels. And so the only upside is that yeah. for some reason Annette stopped coming. You would think that that would make her want to put her talons in a little more. Yeah, but now Bob is on the Joan Rivers show, you guys. Oh, God. Joan? He's everywhere. He's on, he's doing MTV promos. This is where, like, it really, like, his, his star is just going up and up. I was like, Joan loves him so much. Joan feels about Bob the way the gays feel about Joan. My next guest has been creating his magic for the past 10 years on his own show, The Joy of Painting, which I watch all the time. He is the author of several books on the subject. His latest is called The Best of the Joy of Painting. Please welcome... America's favorite art instructor, Bob Ross. And then Bob goes to Central Park for Kids Day. And it's like the kids are coming out of the woodwork. Bob Ross at Kids Day meant so much to these kids that some of them as adults are here today telling us how much they loved that. He's like this guy who's very much a New Yorker. He's like, everything you think Bob Ross would be is what he was when I met him. He's everything you think he is. He was amazing. He was awesome. He was just like all these little kids were there in the park and we were painting. Also, we get Reach again. Hey, Bob, check this out. I'm painting. Reach is painting his happy little tree. And Bob's like, I know. I've been doing this for like 15 years, Reach. Welcome. I've been been on your show 11 times, Reach. This is 1998. Oh, God. But the point is, like, Bob has become such a hero to people. This, like, New York City, like, the kids in the park thing, like, the crowds, no one was expecting the crowds. Yeah. And it's really to show, like, everyone, I mean, he became a a pop culture icon. Yeah, and, like, we're learning more and more that the Kowalskis really have taken his name and image and turned it into a business. Because we're seeing Bob Ross paints with, like, the hair and Bob Ross with like his face and his hair on it. So like the business is expanding on all sides. Right. And so Bob had no idea about how much any of it cost, how much they were selling. Yeah. Like he really didn't care about that. He was 
was all about the personal connection, and they were very much not. Yeah. So when Bob started the joy of painting, he needed a paint distributor. Yes. So the Jenkins with the flowers. Yes. Gary and don't, Catherine. Don't talk about the swinging. Right. Two nights on the couch at the very least. <laughs> so the Jenkins are like, hey, dude, like our paint sponsor is Weber. They're like a major paint manufacturer. Yeah. Why don't you work with them? The Kowalskis are very excited about this, and they just want to put out whatever crap they can to sell and make money. Bob is really particular about it and won't let them do like a slapdash job with these, with these things. Good for him. He's yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. If people want to paint like me, they need to paint like me and you like I'm not cutting yeah. corners. So put a pin in that. We'll come back to it because now we're jumping to 1992. And Steve is telling us I remember walking into the back bedroom and uh, for probably only the second time in my life I saw my dad crying. Jane found out that she had cancer. It wasn't long after that that Jane was gone. And finds his dad crying for the second time in his life. He's only seen his yeah. dad cry. Cry in front of your kids. It's, it's fine, okay. everybody. It's oh, fine. my God. Don't be dexterous. One time I was, like, hysterically sobbing because I was in turbulence on a plane. And my daughter was holding my hand and rubbing my back. She was five. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. That, yeah. What, yesterday? But then you mentioned turbulence on a plane. And now my heart goes out to you. But he's, like, in the fetal position on the floor, and they found out that Jane had cancer. And, yeah. like, they go through this really fast. Jane, like, they find out that she has cancer, and then she dies, like, almost immediately thereafter. It was really, really aggressive cancer. And yeah. so Bob is devastated, and all of his fans are sending him, like, thousands of letters. He says this really beautiful thing. You know, it's like in life. If you got to have a little sadness once in a while, so you, you know when the good times come. I'm waiting on the good times now. And you can see it in the series. Like, yeah. the images were darker. Yeah. And, like, he was just really letting it all out there, which I think is really beautiful. But then, like, oh, my God. Literally two weeks later, he learns he has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the thing that's like, oh, my God, universe, you can be such a bitch. I is know. that <laughs> it's the paint thinner he yeah. was using that caused this. Because remember, like, the technique is wet on wet. Well, one of those wets is paint thinner. Mm-hmm. So he's got the paint thinner can under his nose for, like, 12 straight years straight. And he's also, you can hear it, he's shaking it yeah. against the canvas. Yeah. And the, the particles are going everywhere and yeah. he's inhaling he's doing three shows a day yeah. I mean that's a lot and so even John not his teacher is like I always hated the fucking paint thinner and I yes. beg him like isn't there a better way like can you do this differently he was worried about it they didn't know as much about paint thinner at the time oh I guess god. and it's just he's like I, not- I, I didn't know as much about paint thinner until this afternoon when I watched this documentary oh my god and, and John's like I'm not a doctor also not Bob's teacher but I'm <laughs> really not a doctor I'm just speculating and yeah. I think John's absolutely right and you know and we get this whole bit about how like just as he's like now dying and he's young, you guys. He's yeah. like in his late 40s, early 50s. As he's dying, he's like at the peak of his career. We see his show being translated in all these different languages all over the world. Yeah, his show, it's international. Mexico, Japan, Turkey. Yeah. He's everywhere. And he's getting more and more successful and he's dying I and know. it's so fucking sad. But he was keeping it from people. He was keeping it from the director, Sally, who and loves being a director. he looks healthy. Like you can't really see him. He doesn't look any different to me. Right. So then we're going to just take a quick detour. Yeah. Because in in 1994, the show ends. The joy of painting ends. Yeah. And Annette Kowalski, the audacity, <laughs> she takes it upon herself to do the joy of painting flowers. Now, Catherine and Gary were the flower people. Remember the one, like, don't talk about the swinging, two nights on the couch. Right. Because yeah. Bob would say, we do landscapes. If you want flowers, go to the Jenkins, right? Yes. So then Annette Kowalski's like, no, 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 I'm going to do the flowers. Yeah. But what she does is literally steals their book word for word. And it says, Annette has worked so hard for so many years developing this new style of painting. I just about had a heart attack. Annette took my same diagrams and almost copied them completely. 
steals it. Steals like the the what do they call it? The flap cup, the book jacket, uh, the book jacket picture. <laughs> you guys, I don't know. I haven't read a book in twenty years. But you've read a book. <laughs> the dust jacket, the hardcover. The jacket, yeah, the, whatever the, it is. The 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 one where they have the portrait of you with like like your bio. That's no, like the dust jacket. Fantastic. <laughs> Annette steals it. She, yeah. Like they call it a peacock chair, like a wicker chair that <laughs> yeah. Catherine is in. Yeah. This bitch Annette is in the same. We're in the same dress and the same thing. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable how she ripped everything from that. And then we also look. She just is trying to shut them down because Annette is like, if Bob dies, we're gonna lose all this money. Ugh. We have to be the only people in the game. Mm-hmm. Remember the paint company that Catherine also was like, oh, you should use our paint company. Right. Well, now the Bob Ross Corporation, which is run by the... Kowalskis. Kowalskis is the number one like money maker. So they have the right to audit the books. And they audited the books of Martin and Weber and they found some stuff which was not correct. The management of BRI said, the only thing you have to do is kick out Jenkins. Destroy his line of painting. Don't support his TV show anymore and basically kick him out. They see some like financial inaccuracies and they're like, we can either take this to the feds or you can just drop the Jenkins, the other people who make the flowers and we'll just call it even. And so Weber decides to drop the Jenkins and they go from like being the people who painted the flowers on TV and had all the books to having nothing overnight. Yeah, and it's like, it sucks so much, but also like it sucks to see Bob introduce Annette where it's like, Bob, like I don't know how much power he had, but that like the betrayal that the Jenkins must feel for Bob to be like, well, here she goes with her flowers. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Annette. Like, wait a second, Catherine and Gary. We learn from Steve the son that, like, the sicker Bob gets, the more he starts to open up to Steve to tell him, like, all the fucked up shit that's been happening with the business. Yeah. So there was a voting system set up. There was a voting system set up. When Jane died, he lost a vote. Suddenly, Bob's opinion didn't really matter anymore. It was more or less like, we're going to do what we want to do, and you're going to do what we tell you to do. Now, just to be super clear, we're talking about, like, the Bob Ross company, which, like, the Kowalskis are running. It's all based on Bob's talent. It's all based on Bob's image. Yeah. It's all based on Bob. But now the the Kowalskis are just, like, running the show. And now that Jane is dead, Bob doesn't have a vote. And they literally say, the Kowalskis were like, we're going to do what we want, and you're going to do what we tell you to do. But uh, what I don't understand is, you can't have a voting system when there's four of you, when there's an even number. That doesn't make sense. You will always have a tie. (laughs) But maybe not. I mean, like, maybe if they're just, like, in it to like you know who knows when, when it's not. the Kowalskis right. come on but by 1995 Bob's like you know what fuck it the joy of painting is over because he can't yeah. he cannot handle the Kowalskis anymore but he does the show called the adventures of Elmer and friends and he wanted to make a kid's show yeah. step right in this is where it begins the adventures of Elmer and friends uh, hey kids Bob. how is everyone today but this is when you can see he's really sick. Yeah, he's wearing a wig. He's wearing a Somebody wig. Somebody had to manufacture a Bob Ross wig, and that was, like, before they did it at all the Halloween stores. Yeah, and, like, he wasn't actually on set with the kids. Like, Bob Ross's character, Elmer, was in the TV. Yeah. So he wasn't working with them, and he was just really sick, and it just, it sucks. Yeah. So, like, towards the end of Bob's life, Steve is, like, his primary caretaker, his son Steve. And the Kowalskis are trying to get Steve to get his dad on his deathbed to sign this contract. And they're saying, it's so that we can make a foundation, but... Steve's like, I'm reading this, and it basically just says, you will have the right to my dad's image and likeness and all of his company and all of his work in perpetuity, and we're not fucking doing that. Yeah, can you stop being garbage? This person who's given you everything, everything. is dying. Yeah. 
can you stop for five seconds? Like, and they are so relentless that Bob ends up marrying the nurse he's known for a week just so that there's someone else who can have power of attorney and handle this. Here's my question, though. Like, does nobody believe in wills and lawyers? Can't he just call a lawyer and be like, I want to make sure everything goes to my son. Why you got to marry the nurse? Yeah, I don't, I mean, the Kowalskis, I think they were bullies. I think he was tired. He was really, really sick. It seems like there's some Steve backstory that we're also not getting here. Yeah, I don't know know how old Steve was at this time. Like, if you're 17, like, I don't know. But so you marry the nurse, that does not sound like a sound when I try to do that on my deathbed don't let me do it girl okay I won't okay <laughs> you but he Bob Ross does start screaming at everyone which yeah. <laughs> does sound a little familiar because he's like I want <laughs> Bob Ross in fairness to you and to Bob he does start screaming at everybody he does start screaming at everyone eventually <laughs> when he doesn't get his way um but in this story Bob's like I want my money to go to my son and my half brother yes and who we're just learning about for the first right, time I'm like oh great okay there's a half brother uh, uh in the picture so by July July 1995, Bob Ross dies. He's 52 years old. I mean. 52. I gotta say, though, he looked not a day older than when we first met him in, like, 1982. I know. <laughs> but it's also, like, he had a happy life. Yeah. Like, he he had such a positive outlook, know. you know? And then the Kowalskis had to come and fuck I up. Mean, I'm not saying that he still looked young. I'm saying that as a young man, he looked 52. <laughs> there are sometimes the perm doesn't work for I... everybody. It ages you unnecessarily oh in so many ways. So Bob Ross dies, right? There's been all this drama when he's on his deathbed. And Annette says to Steve, the son. Annette said something to me I'll never forget. She said, "Uh, aren't you glad it's over? And I thought, what do you mean? Am I glad my dad is dead? I didn't understand what she was talking about. Now, Steve's horrified by this. I know what Annette is trying to say. Sure. When you see someone in pain and who is suffering, there's a little bit of like, okay, they're not suffering anymore. However. Yeah. Annette, you do not say it to a son who just lost their father whose name you were trying to steal and profit from. Exactly. Not the time, Annette. Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) And then the Kowalskis don't go to the funeral. And they try to keep the funeral a secret. I know. John, not the teacher, learns about it in Newsweek. I know. That's hard. That is cruel to do to th- this man's friends. They loved each other so much, all of his friends, and they couldn't just celebrate his life. They Fuck say off. that, like, remember when he went to Central Park and 8,000 people showed up? 42 people showed up to his funeral. Nobody knew about it. And because they stupidly and wrongly thought it yeah. would affect the business negatively? Right. Like, the, you, the, the, Steve is saying to us now, Even to this day, I've had to tell people, you know, he's he's gone. Steve has to constantly be telling people now that his dad died. Yeah. That's weird. That is really weird. Oh. That is really weird. So, and you know who else thinks it's weird? Our friend Bert in the Netherlands. Bert Effing? Bert Effing. I love that his last name is Effing. Oh, my God. So he used to, he was like the managing director of Bob Ross, Inc. in Europe. Because the Kowalskis called him and they were like, girl, can we exploit this guy for more profit over in Europe? And this guy's like, yes, absolutely. And I guess language barrier, but right. um, <laughs> it's not language barrier. But because um, Bert's like, oh, these people really cared about him. They wanted to, like, spread the gospel of Bob Ross. Right. And Bert's like, no. In the beginning, I thought that, you know, uh, Bob died and the Kowalskis were very, you know, sad about this. But I started to notice uh, changes that the Bob Ross company, they were becoming much more demanding on the certified Ross instructors. I learned very 
very quickly that these people were assholes and we hated them. Because what they're trying, the Kowalskis are like, all they care about is getting the Bob Ross protégés to go out and do more lessons. Like, it's all about getting Europe excited about Bob Ross so people will learn to paint like Bob Ross and then those people can go for a profit and teach other people. And Bert Effing is like, girl, you would go into these teacher trainings and like within seconds you'd be handed a contract. Yeah, they called them guidelines. It was a contract. Right. And the contract was like, you can't promote any other artist. You can only use Bob Ross products. And the t- it was the Salem witch trials up in there. The teachers and the students were like encouraged to turn each other in if they expressed any interest in any other kind of they art. They called it a suggestion box. Catherine Jenkins calls it a spy box. Because you couldn't even say, oh, Catherine Jenkins, she she painted that amazing flower. You're yeah, out. You can't say anything about get, anybody else. Somebody gets kicked out for just expressing an interest in the Jenkins work. Get your brushes and get the hell get the out, of out of here. So then we get this email. I don't know who wrote it, but someone, I don't worry, I have it all okay. here. This is an email about a painting class. It says, I lived under communist rule for five years in Vietnam, three of which I spent in prison. The way Bob Ross Inc. ran the class reminds me of life under the communist regime. Everybody uh-huh. was encouraged to suspect everybody else. Yep. What do you think Bob would say about this situation if he were alive? I believe that the Bob Ross legacy is being done an injustice by the surviving partners of the Bob Ross company. You be the judge. Signed, Kendall. Kendall? Let's go. Kendall has had it. I'm buying you drinks. I'm, whatever you want, Kendall. S- you guys- sit next to me at the dinner. Let's uh, go. You be the judge. <laughs> To start it with, I I lived under communist rule for five years in Vietnam. Three of those years I spent in prison. That's your opener and you end with you be the judge? Kendall's a hero. It's a painting class. And then Bert Effing, the the head guy there, sees somebody forging Bob Ross's names on paintings in a warehouse. I just wrote, it is chaos down here, Tom. It is chaos. And Annette is the only person allowed to authenticate real Bob Ross paintings. I said, Bert Effing calls Effing bullshit. He's like, I'm sorry, baloney. You know what? Whatever. It's bullshit. What do you think about the idea that the only person that is qualified to authenticate a Bob Ross painting is in fact Annette Kowalski? It's bullshit. BS. Sorry. Baloney. Wait, you're not going to laugh at my effing joke? Bert effing calls effing bullshit. Oh my... <laughs> I just thought you were saying effing. I forgot his last name was effing. <laughs> I took a picture of that. I was going to text it to you. Then I was like, no, I'm going to save it. Save it. I was saving. And I for her to blow right past. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Bert is like, look, the Kowalskis, they had no desire to spread happiness and feel goods. Yeah. They were all about the money. <laughs> feel goods. Bert, you sit on the other side of me. Bert you and Kendall. Me and Kendall and Bert. We're uh, going for cocktails. So in the end, like, Steve is realizing that the Kowalskis are making all of this money off of Bob Ross's, like, name, his image. They're selling mugs and. I mean, the, don't go to their website because we're not promoting it. Like, no. don't buy anything from Bob Ross Inc. But yeah. they scroll it. Like, you dress, it's a dress, but it's a Bob Ross painting. Thing, mugs, yeah. shirts. I mean, it's ridiculous. And like, like the jigsaw puzzles and the fucking chia pets. The chia pet. They're making all this money off this licensing, and Steve doesn't get a penny of it, and he decides he's gonna fucking sue. Well, yeah, because his lawyer's like, look, they're super litigious. You sue first, right. maybe it's it'll be a little that way. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, totally. And it's like through this lawsuit, because Steve like spends time going through his dad's shit, and he finds a paper. It literally said that Uncle Jim and I owned almost all the IP rights. 
his dad left 49% of Bob Ross Industries to his son and 51% to his brother, meaning that Steve and his uncle own the business that the Kowalskis are profiting from, or so we think. Right. So it's Uncle Jimmy and it's Bob's half-brother. Yeah. But Steve learns, like, in real time during this deposition like, that we're during watching. The depo- it's a kind of, un- it's, like, amazing to see for all the wrong reasons. And Yeah, and he's like, wait, what? Like, you could see him, like, trying to focus his eyes. Like, I can't be reading what yeah. you just put in front of me. Because what happened was the Kowalskis, knowing that they didn't have anything, sued Jimmy, the brother, and because Jimmy had the controlling interest in the company, didn't know anything, and just to make it go away, signed over all the rights to the Kowalskis. Going totally against everything Bob Ross ever wanted. Yeah. And I'm like, did he get money for that? Like, That's he just, what I wrote. He gave away the business without telling Steve and like never told him to this day. Just to like get them go to go away? Just to get this lawsuit to go away. And Uncle Jimmy's too scared to talk in the documentary too. Shocking. <laughs> but like Steve learns in real time he's fucked. Legally, he loses the lawsuit and legally the Kowalskis are like on firm ground. Yeah, and they sue everyone. They sue all of Bob's wives, the nurse yeah. and the other one. Like the they're nurse, just... I feel like the nurse case, she's like, I didn't even know what they were talking about. All of us, I came to work one day and I was married. Yeah. <laughs> Came back from the break room. Oh, I'm married. <laughs> but then also, like, Bob Ross was recording phone calls with the Kowalskis because he knew he thought maybe they would need I it know. one day. And then the Kowalskis arranged for them to all be destroyed. And I'm like, yeah. we're not on the CIA anymore. <laughs> He's painting landscapes. Can you just let us? Can, you have, can we have a goddamn single nice thing <laughs> without someone like I the know. Kowalskis coming and destroying the paintings and, like, this whole world? And it's so sad. Like, Steve learns this. that like, he's got nothing. Goes back to Florida, goes into hibernation for a while, and eventually he comes out of it. And he's like, he's as good as his dad, and he's painting the landscapes. And that's kind of where we end. It's like, oh my God, the fucking Kowalskis, are they going to sue us? Let's go, Kowalskis. <laughs> Let's go. So, like, the Kowalskis kind of, at first, they send this email to the filmmakers. They were like, we urge you to not, you know, yeah. cause some oh, yeah, shit. And yeah. they're like, whatever. So, after the film was completed, they reach out and they're just like, oh, we never had a fractured relationship. Also, there was no swinging. Right. So, uh, we're going to continue to make billions of dollars off of this person's likeness and we're the worst XOXO the Kowalskis you be the judge oh my god you guys what's this one called it's called Bob Ross happy accidents betrayal and greed not a happy ending girl no not at all they did him so dirty I know don't buy stuff from Bob Ross Inc don't do it it's so sad and they're like too big of a corporation like they're gonna be fine and that sucks I know I know You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, join us on the Patreon. Over 200 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right this second. We did Sophie of West Cork. We did the whole Gacy thing from Peacock. Yeah, we're in the middle of Heist right now. Lula Rich is coming after that. We've done uh, The Vow, Night Stalker, The Jinx, Making a Murderer, all of them. Every single thing you've ever wanted to discover on all of those streaming services are all there for your viewing pleasure. And all the ones you want us to cover, we're doing them. They're on the list. And don't forget, if you're coming to see us on Broadway, if you bought tickets before we changed the date, you got until October 31st to reconfirm your tickets. All you do is fill out a form. You can find it in the Facebook group or it's pinned to our Twitter page. If you can't make it anymore, you can also ask for a refund there. But anybody who does not reclaim their tickets by October 31st, you will automatically be refunded and your tickets will go back on sale. So everybody who wants to come see us on Broadway, like November 1st, November 2nd, we will be sure to let you know when the rest of those tickets go on sale. Yeah, we just want to see you. We just want to see you. So get your shit together and come see us. Totally. Girl, what are we doing next? We are recording Untold Deal with the Devil. What's it about? Oh, lesbian boxers. Oh! Oh, yeah. oh, I'm very excited about that. And like a truly horrible, evil person. Okay. 
but also <laughs> lesbian boxers. So stay tuned for the trailer for that and our hilarious and ridiculous outtakes. Yeah. And we love you. We love you. Thanks for hanging out. I'm sorry. And don't buy Bob Ross stuff. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> but paint your own stuff. Paint your own shit, you guys. Aww. All right, bye. Bye. I might get beaten and I might get knocked down. But you cannot kill me. Christy Martin. Christy Martin puts women boxing on the mat. The first women's bout shown on pay-per-view. I was on top of the world, but my private life was the opposite. You're about to meet a husband and a wife team you won't forget. I said, Christy, I'm going to make you the best woman fire in the world. Jim was a master manipulator. I got you on Canon camera when you come in. He just wanted to show me he was the boss. <laughs> he said, if you leave, I'll kill you. I said, do what you have to do. They believe he is armed and dangerous. This was my revenge. Some way I had to save me. Boxing was my survival. What was their executive producer's name? Uh, her husband. No, it's not her. No, Frank is her husband. Oh, Frank the... Frank. Oh, who's, uh, what was his name? <laughs> it's not Stedman. That's Oprah's That's guy. That's Oprah's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was always talking off camera. Nobody I know, cared. I know. Cody, her son, Co- right? Cody. <laughs> just can you, can you leave the kid at home? Hoda's got a podcast now. Does she? It's called Making Space, which I love Hoda. I love anyone who has a podcast like Making Space. They also drink Chardonnay at like 9.30 in the morning. I know. Do they have Pinot Gris? Because I'll come on that show. I'm not drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> Am I wrong about what ornery means? You're right. Okay. She's wrong about it. <laughs> so when Mike says I have a tone problem, I start, I'm starting to understand. This all goes off the... Second time. I didn't say it the first time. <laughs> Almost hitting the mic over. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. Because I don't know what that sounds like. It could sound like much bigger than it is. 